When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I am here with Luke from Console 5. How's it going, man? Good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem. Glad we finally get to do this. It's a morning one. Usually I have beer, but it's just coffee this time. <laughs> um, so I, I always like to ask my guests the, the normal origin stories and everything, but I think the number one question on everybody's mind before we go any further is, what's the Atomic Fireball story? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's fun when you when you get a box or you open something and there's just something extra in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not too expensive if you buy like thousands of them at a time. <laughs> um, uh, they also provide a little extra protection for things and shipping. It tends to be the strongest thing in a bubble envelope. So, so if it goes through like one of the machines, the sorting machines, it provides the width. So nothing, that's actually a really genius idea. What happens is, you know, you get, you see those big bins at the post office and then like little bubble envelope and then like 50 pound package. Right. You know, so it's kind of like, like the last, (laughs) the, the last little powerhouse that keeps hopefully things from being demolished. That's actually a great idea. I never even thought of it that way. Also, my mm-hmm. kids will not eat them. Oh, well, that's, that's I, also I, used to, <laughs> I kept kind of a variety of stuff at one point. I used to give out um, Zots, mm-hmm. but uh, I had to test a lot of Zots, and my kids had to test a lot of Zots, you know, for purity and quality control. Right, of course. I, every <laughs> time so... I bring somebody cookies, I, there's always one missing, and I always say to make sure that they're not. Oh, small. yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, I want to deliver you garbage cookies, you know, so. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, you know, for anybody watching around the world, uh, do they call them fireballs in other countries? <laughs> I know this is such like a, a newbie, never been anywhere else thing to say, but even though I've been lucky enough through my jobs to travel all over, I'm still fascinated about the little differences. So atomic fireballs in the U.S. <laughs> are these big red candies that are very cinnamony. So when you're a kid, it like burns. And when you're an adult and you've you know eaten ghost peppers for the last 10 years <laughs> of your life, it doesn't so much burn. It's like a nice, cool, cinnamony taste to it. But where, I wonder what they call them elsewhere. Do they just call them fireballs or if there's like a really awesome name for them somewhere else? uh i don't know i have gotten i know they at least sell them in canada because i i get i do get i get emails about the fireballs once in a while which is which is <laughs> funny and sometimes um you know english isn't the first language and they say you know uh, thank thank you for the items uh no thank you for the very hot red ball you know, so. <laughs> i love it <laughs> and, yeah uh, but so even it, all the little differences like a grape gatorade is raisin in canada you know mm-hmm. like uh like the royale with cheese the burger king yep. everybody yep. Pulp, every pulp fitness fan <laughs> knows that one, so. well post down below from whatever country you guys are in do they call it fireballs is there another really awesome or, or silly <laughs> name for it but uh so uh now back to non-candy related um 
uh, what ex- can you explain for people that might not be familiar? Although I'm pretty sure everybody watching this would be. Uh, what is Console Five, and uh, you know, how would you describe it? Well, it's a store, and you know, an internet store. We specialize in creating. I mean, cap kits is probably what I'm most well known for. Um, but what I really wanted was to start a business in the field that I love. And uh, so, well, the backstory is that I've been working on, I mean, game consoles forever, even even when I could just take them apart and not put them back together again, you know, like eight years old, you know. In take fact, a- if you talk to Polkar, <laughs> I think that's still how he describes how I work on consoles. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I, I built a collection by buying lots of broken stuff and then fixing up what I could and uh and selling it and there were a lot of guys doing it at the same time so early 2000s uh which doesn't shouldn't be that long ago but it really is and um i always had to buy a lot of parts from a lot of different places to get everything that i wanted and i had some friends on forums like i said so they were doing the repair and mod thing too and i would just make them kits out of convenience you know it's like i know you just have this one thing to do so you don't have to pay shipping from three different vendors to get the jacks from one place and the transistors from another. And like, I, I was just, I was making some kits, you know, just PayPal me eight bucks and I'll send it to you, you know, that sort of thing. And, and then as it was clear that some consoles were not aging very well, like when you started to see turbo express turbo duo reports, you know, the low sound. Mm-hmm. And I started getting, you know, you would take those apart and you would see, like, wow, something terrible is happening on the inside. And it, it just kind of became apparent. And, and there was a there was a booming arcade uh, parts industry for monitor cap kits, you know, re- renewal kits, this sort of thing. And I, at the time, there was nothing for home, for consoles. And it's like, there's clearly a need for some of these devices. Like, they're self-destructing, sitting on the shelf. And then, you know, so I, so really, that's, that's how it started. And, uh... So it's been an interesting ride. I first started the business in 2011. Before that, I was selling on eBay or selling on forums, you know, in places like that. So when I um, I, I was always like a retro gamer as a kid back when it was just the modern gaming, I guess. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, once uh, teenage years hit, it was just basically just drinking and guitar and I got a job that sent me all over the place. And then, uh, then when I kind of settled back for a bit, that's when I got back into all this stuff a lot. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of away for a big chunk of this kind of only just barely keeping up. So when did console five as a website actually start? Cause it definitely was before retro RGB cause it was, um, I bought stuff from you. (laughs) Uh, I, I actually, so I registered the domain in like 2007, 2006, Originally, it was going to be a show. So like a a YouTube mm-hmm. podcast kind of a show. So my degree is in broadcasting. Oh. Which is why you see an atypical mic sitting here. I was going to ask you about that <laughs> later on. Why do you have a much better mic than I do? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my degree was in broadcasting and... Uh, like I said, I'd always been into classic games, and at the time, this is like 2005, 2006, I had a group of friends near me that uh, were just, we were bored, honestly. 
and we kind of wanted to do some video things. I, we did a lot of that in college. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a contact at uh, sort of in the entertainment video game industry. And my plan was to put about four or five episodes together. And then as a prototype and then see if I could pull some strings and sell it, you know, to a place like G4 is like a late night, you know, just something for fun, kind of buy in. And so we, we shot a lot of video. Uh, we went to Midwest gaming classic a couple times and did interviews. Um, we did a lot of stuff here, just goofy stuff The the idea was, it was going to be kind of like a top gear for retro games. You know, nice camera work, entertaining stories. At the time, I didn't really, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself as a host. And so uh, a friend of ours who was definitely a TV personality was kind of the front man for it. Mm-hmm. And so like I said, we edited, well, we, we filmed hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Just, you know, we, we would take like some obscure you know, like super graphics game and then just set like random friends down in front of it, you know, and just little running commentary, little MST 3k, you know, as they're playing. And we just wanted to make something entertaining. That wasn't the sort of dry lecture. And, uh, anyway, <clears throat> whatever happened, did you guys end up pitching it? And, um, like what no, was the final it, outcome? What, well, what happened is life changes. Um, I had, I had my first kid and, the host, the the talent moved like mm-hmm. to the other side of the U.S. You know, in pursuit of a job, and that sounds like and, every band story ever. By the way, I know, right? <laughs> I know, and uh, it's it, it was disappointing, but it was understandable. Well, you should absolutely yeah. upload that footage as, uh, <laughs> and just mildly clickbaity, like lost console five TV yeah. show footage or something. Just put lost in there to, to pique everybody's interest in something. But, yeah, I think people would love to see that. I, honest, I would love to edit it. You know? You know, in hindsight, though, which obviously, yeah, the only two regrets I have since the day I started the website, like actual regrets, was once I actually had a chance of getting a pallet of brand new RGB monitors for like 100 bucks each and thought, no, nah, they'll be around forever. Very <laughs> dumb. Uh, and a couple of people suggested, like from the official launch, because I guess the site went public before I knew it was public. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. hosting with Google, but, but, but from the official launch on, I should have been doing a YouTube special. And if you guys had put that stuff on YouTube <laughs> instead of and just started it, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe you would be massive at this point, especially back then when you know now everybody's got a podcast. So, uh, yeah, I think that would have been killer. So, uh, you know, I would love to do it. Still, don't get me wrong. Um, it's just a matter of finding the right people. You know, to do that alone is very, very challenging. And yeah, <laughs> yes, you, it is. As I'm sure you know. So uh, the reason I haven't released it is just because I uh, it needs to be edited correctly. Um, that's time consuming. To be perfectly uh, honest, audio that's mix. why I never crossed that line with any of my stuff. Because uh, if people expect a pop-up backdrop and a Yeti mic, then I'm not disappointing <laughs> everybody. But if one week I have you know a green screen and I, I spend time with After Effects and make something awesome, and the next week I'm back in front of a pop-up, you know I want to make sure when I cross the line, if I you know, eventually do that, it's consistent. So I actually completely yeah. understand. You don't want to just 
Unless it is just talking style. I mean, whatever backdrop you have there is cool enough. But, uh, yeah, if you're actually going to put a TV show style thing in, I do agree. I I just made a clean spot for this interview. Like, we we had some construction done recently, and I just invested in, like, all of these cabinets to hold things. Like, I'm, I'm trying to really overhaul, like, how things are stored, and that's a very laborious process <laughs> yeah. I, uh, when when i figured i was going to be moving i got to jump on the video game stuff and it was three months of moving things from cabinets to wire racks with wheels on it and holy crap i'm glad i did because it made <laughs> that part process easy but yeah i highly recommend the wire wire racks mm-hmm. with wheels that you can get right from amazon they're oh, just yeah. versatile yeah. as hell they're on sale at home depot right now oh, maybe not really? with wheels but you can put wheels on anything Absolutely. I got a friend who's a welder, so I could literally put wheels on anything. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so um, to break down some of the Console 5 stuff, so you had mentioned mm-hmm. the, the cap kits before, and that's, um, that is something that stuck out from day one, because uh, you did hit upon the problem of, you know, what if you have to order from multiple places? Um, and it's, uh, for people that haven't tried to do this before, in order to order, in order to order... Uh, that's why I'm not a TV host. <laughs> Capacitors. <laughs> you really need. You don't. You can't just read the values off the side. You would need a micrometer to see the distance. You want to make sure you're not ordering something that's too fat because on you know it might bump into the next. So having it all in one place that's already done is is very convenient. But what's more convenient is so let's say that I spend the time to do it because I want to be freaky and just buy the best of everything and. Um, and I order one of the wrong components. Now, not only am I spending money on shipping, but now I got to wait another week for that to come from DigiKey. And it's like my console's already apart. You know, I don't have a lot of space to leave it apart and wait for next time. It's just having a, having the convenience of everything show up in one package is definitely a massive help to everybody that's done it. And you don't use cheap parts either, uh, at least from the maybe you do, but not the ones I've. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a that really rubbed me the wrong way years ago when I would buy. Uh, I've had a few arcade games over the years Mm -hmm. and before I was into any of this, I would do, you know, call up whoever the big distributor was at the time that was selling them and I would get a kit and then you'd open it up and it'd be all, you know, tier three, tier four, like just, you know, bottom of the barrel, really high margin parts. Yeah. And so when I set out, I was like, I don't, it's too... It's challenging enough to put these in without, you know, de- depending on your lev- level of skill. And the, my customers range from top to bottom in terms of skill. And so you want them to have parts that are going to last as long as possible. And to be honest, when you buy four, five, eight thousand of the same value, the bulk difference between the really cheap stuff and the really good stuff uh, to me doesn't warrant, you know, the quarter, No, you know, I, the 50 cents. So I'm glad you have that attitude. Uh, can I just ask though, cause that was going to actually be my next question is, do you just have like big barrels full of capacitors or something? And you just like, like, you know, like the, like the peanuts, like when you go yeah, out to exactly, one of those kind of restaurants, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're all stored in atomic fireball 
<laughs> used atomic fireball containers. No, they're... <laughs> that would be killer if you just posted a picture up on Twitter of just hundreds of fireball containers filled with capacitors. <laughs> so depending on if they're in ammo or if they're unreal or just bulk, you know, they, you just find a place to put them. It's not very exciting, you know. They're all they're all kind of a cool, dry location, and well, the, I, I guess there I are a lot of capacitors. Um, more along the lines of, uh, well, I was just making a silly joke. Um, like, how <laughs> how is it that you do? You just have a database somewhere where it's like every time you go to do a a, a cap assessment of a new product, then you just say, you know, all right, well, it's a two twenty uh, two twenty microfarad sixteen volt. So then you just go add to your list. Okay, now yet another package needs this one, so that you, then you just order. You know, a thousand, five thousand at a time of everything. Uh, that seems very overwhelming. <laughs> it, it is. It um, at the moment, it's a it's a lot more text files and spreadsheets than it should be. I'm actually designing a database for internal use for this sort of thing, and so all of this disparate, note laden, you know, data will be migrated into there. Um, you never really know how challenging something is until you do it. Uh, you can sit back and theorize, and that that that's probably the the number one lesson of starting a business like this. Uh, even just when it came to doing taxes and things like that, and because you can't, QuickBooks doesn't run a small parts business like this, you know. And maybe there's some add-on, and so I, I actually wrote. I had to write an accounting software package to do this correctly, and then, uh, and then, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of dovetail in a second piece to that that handles the logistics of all the, every, every platform, every console iteration, every PCB and collection of PCBs, the requirements, original part numbers, original. Yeah, it's it is a lot of data. Yeah. Um, so now you also have the, the wiki style part of your mm -hmm. site where you archive all this stuff. I'm assuming that you would, uh, not, not the accounting side, but at least the, um, collection side of things probably include it in that. But how, how did that even start? I mean, did you just start taking capacitor lists from things and then <laughs> posting it on figuring, well, let's just share it with people or, cause you yeah. have a lot of information on there that is not available anywhere else. Um, well, first I have to give thanks, you know, to everybody who's ever scanned something and put it online for others to use. Um, you know, a lot of the information in there wouldn't be possible without the efforts, you know, over the years yeah, of, post, of posting this kind of thing. So, and I, I spent years doing repairs. And let's say you've got a ColecoVision open and you suspect there's a problem with one particular I see. And so I would want to go pull like just a pin out, mm -hmm. a data sheet, that sort of thing. And, oh, maybe I need this schematic and I want to do this mod and, you know, this, start at this website and go to this, you know, and I was spending like 20, 30 minutes just collating data so that I could work on something at a pace that wasn't really frustrating. Mm -hmm. And um, so that when I, when I decided to really make a go of the business, I was like, well, I'm going to just make the repair resource that I want, like a, a bench repair resource, you know, and um, the wiki software just kind of seemed perfect for it. It was very effortless to just start developing content and link it all together. And 
it's like seven or eight hundred pages now, and it does start to get kind of overwhelming um, yes, it does. at that level. <laughs> um, but I, so I just it was honestly it was kind of a selfish act, not really, but you know I I just wanted a place I could go to and like no nonsense, like I don't need to know how many layers of sprites this system handles or when it was released. Like I just purely want to know what's in there, how to fix it, all the available data. I mean, that's then, essentially the exact same story of how RetroRGB started. My cousin Scott mm-hmm. and I put together a Google Doc filled with uh, how to mod your Genesis and Super <laughs> Nintendo. And then one time he was just like, you know, you should make this a website. I'm like, no, I should. Hey, it's, <laughs> it's not a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, so it, it just kind of blended perfectly with the business because I, like um, I don't like to waste paper either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, like... It's, some people are they'll give you like 10 or 15 page install printouts and i was like oh, i don't want to invest in all the paper and the weight to ship it and all that i was like i just put everything online you know and that way if something has to be changed i could just change it you know and it's not a big deal uh it's easy to add feedback from other users um i get a lot of feedback in a variety of tones but most people are great i mean i i have a lot of customers that are like really eager to help and share data and you know i i put what they contribute in there and try and give everybody credit you know because it, i i started it but again like i said it's 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 a lot of work from a lot of other people and um i've i've been able to scan and add a few things some of the laser active um pages i put on there there were these um fake service manuals that service manual websites were selling for like the pack modules mm-hmm. and i saw them online i got really excited and i ordered them and that is just like basically how to stuff this in a box like that was the service manual wow so i kind of like scanned those and posted them out of spite like don't waste 25 dollars buying the packing instructions because awesome. you know <laughs> um and uh i'm trying to think what else i might have picked up over the years there was another laser active thing that had some service bulletins for like the Sega module, that sort of thing. But for the most part, a lot of what I've found has just been things po- posted publicly. Uh, so I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty good with PDFs and optimizing them. So like a while back, there was a big treasure trove of Sega service manuals. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I took those all and went through and, um, managed to drop like the file sizes on them pretty significantly, you know, and posted those. So, or the Turbo Graphics Service Manual, like like five or six years ago, it was posted. And so, there's a version out there that's 50 megs, and then there's the version on my site, which I think is 900k. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that's so I, uh, that's a big help <laughs> when you have thousands and thousands of those, you know. Well, it, it, and then it's easier to store them on a device or if you've got some like vintage PC, maybe on your workbench, <laughs> you know, it's a lot faster to to go through them when they're optimized. So, yeah, for for anybody that's ever had to store anything, uh, whether it's in a professional environment or just on your home computer, the it's so much more to deal with if something goes wrong. So a couple of years ago, for whatever reason, the backup software I was using, I renamed my Pro Tools folder, uh, and it thought that there was now doubles of everything. So I had 100 gigs turn into 200 gigs because it copied every single file 
And it's like, I can't go back and delete it. Which ones are the master recordings? Which ones are, you know, so it's like, yeah, now I have 200 gigs of <laughs> crap just sitting there on a, on a, that I always have to deal with unless I want to spend the, you know, hundreds of hours going through and figuring out what's what. So smart move consolidating from the beginning, because if that happens <laughs> to you, whatever, you're out a couple of megabytes. So <laughs> I need a one minute break to get a drink of water. All right, we're back with uh, fizzy water, <laughs> and uh, I think you have a Star Trek mug there. Like a regular, regular water. There you go, Star oh. Trek. <laughs> awesome. I've got a, it. Was either this or the Cray Computers mug that I have. <laughs> so um, I did also want to ask you though about the other random parts you had on yeah. your website and where where you found those. Like I needed to get an Atari Jaguar um, cartridge slot, <laughs> and I think you're the only place on the planet that I could find one of those things. Like where were you? Oh, and I find and it? I sold out of those. You know, I you just I just call other distributors. I, I, it depends on the part. So, um. Yeah, that I think that stuff came from BNC Computer Visions. Um, you know, there's a lot of parts out there with really challenging websites to use or um, staff that's gone for long periods of time and, well, and this sort of that thing. Make you um, send them over like a, a, an official purchase order documentation. Yeah. they can't just send you something. So yeah, yeah. So I, I bought a lot of things that are hard to buy. And made them easier to buy. And then the downside is I don't have any more Jaguar connectors because yeah, everybody bought them all, <laughs> which is a good problem to have. But they're they're uh, they're almost PCI slots, but they're not. Um, and I haven't. I should contact Amp just to see how much it would be to make another run. Um, but my guess is it would be extraordinarily expensive, and then I would end up with like 5,000 of them and maybe sell a couple hundred over a lifetime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Jaguar is a strange beast too. Everyone I've ever had in front of me has had some issue or another, whether it's reflowing the Ram chips or the cartridge slot or something. So I don't know what IBM did, but they, they really managed to use as little solder as possible when they put those together. It makes them, it can make them really frustrating to recap because you pretty much, have to go around and add solder to every joint first. Mm-hmm. And um, and I had I bought a couple new, like around 2000, 2001. There was a, a Canadian chain of some sort that was liquidating them on, on eBay. And I bought I bought one and it showed up and it had no sound. <laughs> it, it did, but you, you had to put your volume at like 99 you know, and then if you forgot when you turned it off, like your speakers would fly out. Mm-hmm. And um, so they sent me another one, but I kept the first one. And then I opened it up and it was, yeah, it was like they just put like one thimble full of solder like across the entire board. And I just had to reflow. Yeah, I just had to reflow the audio regulator and poof, I had two working Jaguars. So Jeez. that worked out. <laughs> yeah, that whole the whole Jaguar thing was a mess from day one. I remember as a, I remember it as a kid, as a video game fan. But I also remember because I think a family member had stock in the company, so I got to hear mm. what the game <laughs> magazines were talking about and what the executives were talking about. And uh, it was so funny because everybody was calling bullshit on the same things. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a weird. That was a weird way for Atari to leave an industry that they basically created. 
Yeah, yeah, and with the new Atari box coming out, that seems just as uh, all the the behind the scenes stuff that's been posted seems a little strange. So I guess we'll, <laughs> well see. Then, and then its second life is a dental camera. I mean, it's like you can't write this stuff, you know. It's just that is the only part of it that completely <laughs> makes sense to me because those molds were probably back in the nineties. They were probably a hundred thousand dollars each for the uh, for the top and bottom pieces. So that's mm-hmm. the only part that actually makes perfect sense. Where if they were some dental companies, like hey, we'll give you forty grand for both. Sure, <laughs> sure, take it. So yeah, the rest, yeah. that's the easy part. So, so what's uh, like the weirdest thing you have on there? What's the most obscure? Oh. Like you have so many. I mean that as a compliment, obviously, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I take a lot of requests, so um, a lot of what I carry is based on that. So a lot of the like little project kits was just like because there are all these circuits kind of buried in like Usenet, you know, uh, guides dating back to forever, and somebody would say, "Hey, do you have a kit for this thing I found?" You know, like the the Vectrex buzz reduction thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd be like, no, but I'll make you one, you know? So a lot of what I have is somebody just said, hey, do you have this? And I said, no, but, you know, give me a week. And uh, you just build them, and then either you sell one, and then that's it, or it becomes popular, you know? So I think uh, that's uh, worth the risk, though, because that if you build it, they will come mentality. Like, that. Uh, there's a lot of things out there that people who are maybe good enough to just good enough to install it, don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable putting the kits together. Even the little things where you have to solder chips onto boards, you know, that's not something a, a beginner could do, but you could solder to some nice big pads. I think mm-hmm. once those things were available, a lot of people were like, oh, crap, I just buy the kit and solder it in. So that was a, yeah. I think that was a huge help, and I think that probably drove a lot of things that people might have been hesitant to do. <laughs> and, uh, and, a, and a lot of the products come from, you know, there are some people in the in the hobby that are really intelligent and make really cool things like the uh mcwill lcd kits you know mm-hmm. and so uh, i love being able to uh carry things like that um you know because for a while to order it you had to know and to email them or you know send them a pm on a forum and kind of wait for that exchange and so to be able to just have those and packaged and ready to go, you know, I know that's convenient uh, for a lot of people. And, and then, uh, uh, the fact that you don't jack the prices up is, uh, is something that, that's very commendable because um, uh, let's just say a store had contacted me <laughs> a few years ago to work on something with me. And they said they wanted to get into the modding stuff. And I said, all right, well, cool. Why don't we just start with this? There's only 40 available in the world. So let's just, you know, give these to the people that need them and, you know, hey, they'll give you all the free promotion. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to have to sell them for like $60 a piece. Uh, your cost is $7 a piece, <laughs> including shipping. Yeah, well, to make uh, to make a profit, you know, we got to sell them for, you know, at least uh, three times, 300%. Yeah, this is how you want to dip your toe in the, <laughs> in the retro gaming market? This is how you want to impress people? By selling something that's listed on another website for $8? For, all right. And I, I just... Uh, I just said, forget it, and I, I walked away from that. And it was very obviously, <laughs> hey, guess what, guys? The store is not console 5. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's very clearly not the attitude you have towards things. So thank you very much well, for still making a profit but not ruining all of our our bank accounts. Uh, you know, it, it, doing it without 
staff helps. I mean, I do. So my family helps me. And so, you know, I don't have to pay them anything. So they're just, they're just free. You know. I, have, I have three boys and the older boys I'm slowly training to do different tasks. And I, and so I pay them. I, I have like little clipboards and, and my middle, he's really into it. So he'll show up and he'll say, you have anything for me to do? I say, I sure do. Go sign in, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and you know, you, you, you see what their abilities are and you give them, you know, you you give him tasks appropriate to that. So he's like the executive in charge of stuffing bubble opes with fireballs and thank you cards, you know. <laughs> I absolutely love that. When I, I was so bored as a kid, my you know, crazy ADHD brain bouncing off the walls. And <laughs> as soon as I was old enough to do anything, I was like, I'm going to go mow lawns to buy a Sega Genesis. But at that time, I lived in the ghetto and there were no lawns. So I had to like walk <laughs> for blocks till I found somebody with a lawn that would pay me. And then there was the first lesson of life of like trying to like fight these people to get paid for the three times I mowed their lawn that they haven't paid me yet. Like I it would have been uh, lots of hard lessons learned. I would have loved to have been able to like walk into a family member's house and uh, stuff fireballs and, and sort out cabinets. <laughs> yeah, they don't love it, but they like money, you know. Like all kids, they'd rather be playing Minecraft or Roblox or. Yeah, what an awesome way to teach uh, <laughs> teach how to earn, though. That's perfect. You have to segue from dad to boss without. You have to be a little scary, but you can't be too scary, you know. <laughs> Say this, this. Uh, well, putting kids together, my oldest puts kids together, you know, and we have like this multi-step process to make sure everything gets in there, and so it's like this is very important because when people get these, if it's not right. They get really mad and they tell me, <laughs> you know, they're not shy about being really mad. And some people are understanding and some people are really mad. So I said, you right now are doing the most important job you can do. Well, that uh, it's, you know, <laughs> I was actually going to bring that up at some point. But uh, for whatever reason, people think that because I have links on my website that that means I sell these things. I've gotten mm. so many hateful emails over the years about <laughs> I bought that thing from you and. Like, I don't, I don't sell anything. I haven't in years. Um, but one of the things that people don't seem to understand, which admittedly I didn't either until I had to look it up, but I have a couple of your kits in consoles where there's plenty of room inside, so you don't have to worry. Um, if you have three caps that are all 220 microfarad, but one's 10 volt, one's 12 volt, and one's 16 mm -hmm. volt, you just send three 16 volts, um, which is completely the right way to do it. And in fact, uh, I think... Uh, you know, the guys like Nick and Steve and Zach and Renee would probably all agree that going up in voltage is not never a bad thing if you have the room to do it. Um, but do you uh, do you have like uh, little cards that you throw in now that tell people like, you know, yes, voltage is better. I just started. This took me way too long, but I did. I did just start doing that. I, I put I put stuff in the wiki and I'd put stuff, I think, at checkout and. They were sort of assorted, scattered notes, but the question would come up, and it's it's totally understandable. It's well, sometimes you also see people post lists backwards, ten volt, two twenty microfarad. I see that a lot, and so their natural instinct is to look for the ten, right, right, and right. then they don't find the ten, and so you know we have uh, we'll have a little back and forth, and I'll kind of you know just explain what's going on. Because that's and, the, um, the one thing I agree that everything you should do is digital. Uh, you know, the, if 
the times that I've gotten the uh, the three page printout of instructions, it's like this is nice, but now I have to scan this into a PDF to save <laughs> it next time. But that is the one thing I think would be a big help is just throwing in that little card warning yep. and that you know, hey, it, go to the higher voltage if you can't find the smaller ones or something. Yeah. So the 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 latest thank you card on the back now has like a list. It's not a comprehensive list, but it mm-hmm. gets the idea across, you know. And gotcha. then there's a little um, how to identify SMD markings cap because the letter code, you know, it's all it's alphabet soup. I didn't even uh, think of that, but that's, that's stuff really like that. handy so, to have as well. Some 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 companies like to put the real voltage number. Some of these letter codes. Some they cram the letter code and the type of cap all together, and so you know. Mm-hmm. You have to look at a lot of them before it becomes instinctive. So. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, even even when you've done a bunch of these, when you stumble across an odd one, like in the thirty-two X, there's that one capacitor that looks different from the rest. Yes, yeah, because it's, yeah. it's a completely different type. If you replaced it with the same values but not the right type, then it wouldn't work. And or you know, so yeah, there's a lot a lot more to it than a lot of people realize. But I think and there's the, there's very little standard. It's frustrating, you know. Like my favorite is how tantalum smd caps the black bar is the positive right and, and on everything a, else yeah it's negative and did you semi- know those could <laughs> actually catch fire oh i've had them catch fire in my face um yeah. and once a, to realize that <laughs> once in a while somebody will say well, why don't you use tantalum caps and then i have like this sort of like you know he's superimposed the flashback of the tantalum caps exploding you know because like like why isn't this circuit working huh you know oh that's why yeah <laughs> so you get kind of shell-shocked <laughs> yeah it's just in life it always seems that way you know if you took a, a different cap and put it in backwards it probably just wouldn't work and it might you know it might eventually pop and ooze out but it's not going to explode and catch fire so yeah i, I, yeah, I took I, I had high school you know electronics courses and that's like that's a memory permanently burned into my head as my buddy sitting a couple tables across from me he can't figure out why isn't this circuit working why isn't it working and he gets this close and then and he kind of stumbles back and he's got like the paper wrapping <laughs> stuff like hanging out of his hair it's kind of blinking and oh. i just i was like i think that's why you know <laughs> so <laughs> and then we all laughed and then i would use my clear parts tray as like a little shield i would work around it you know <laughs> that's hysterical so, yeah, I think we've we've all had incidents like that, but I've never had one. <laughs> Luckily, I've never had a tantalum pop on me, but I do know that uh, you know they're they're good capacitors when installed mm-hmm. correctly. But there's a lot of yeah. industries that ban them for that exact reason. They're just really intolerant of voltage spikes, you know. So I have this weird like um, tabletop arcade game. I pull it out of a barn, and it's based on cloned uh, Tato. 8080 hardware, like the same stuff that ran Space Invaders and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was trying to get it to work, and it would just boot up to garbage. And it was very challenging to service because it all the boards stack mm-hmm. together, and so you really had to build a fixture to uh, do anything with it. And just one day, I was working on it, and yeah, one of these little tantalum caps just right, right before my eyes went up in smoke, <laughs> and uh, so we turned that off quickly and. Change, change that one out. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So is uh, there been more of a focus on one thing or another lately? Do you have more stuff coming in? Do you have uh, do you sell other people's stuff? So like if somebody comes up with a cool design that's tested and verified and you know can say you know hey I don't want to sell these like do you start are you starting to take on more of that recently? Is there one you know, I, focus? I would love there? to. You know, anytime I do, like uh, I, I've got a shipment of reproduction Game Gear soundboards on the way. Um, cool. And it was the same kind of a thing. Just somebody said, hey, I, I built this um, just because, you know, I, I needed one. So, you know, he went through the the design and testing and all that. And he said, no, I've got like a huge pile of these. <laughs> you know, would you be interested? I said, why? Well, I don't know what the market is, but sure, you know, let's try it out. We'll see what happens. And that's very cool. The, you know, I, so I'm really I'm game for anything like that. I, retail fulfillment presents a lot of challenges that if you aren't set up for it very well, you know, and understand, especially shipping internationally, you know, <laughs> the the implications there. Um, so I'm I'm more than happy to do that, and I'm not some retailer that says, "Oh, I need fifty percent margin," or I'm not even going to think about it. You know? Yeah. So it's um I'm glad to hear that because there's a lot of people nowadays, and uh, I I think I have to credit the retro roundtable, the other guys, not me, <laughs> the the smart ones in the roundtable for this. But there's a lot of people that are getting really into board design and making stuff, but mm-hmm. they're taking all the right steps. So they're they're building the design, they're posting it, they're letting people comment, they're not getting all pissy and defensive. Then they make one or two prototypes and take feedback from people and really end up with something that is a very cool thing. Um, and then, but they don't know how to go about selling it. And even the ones that think they might want to sell it themselves, I, I kind of give them a little bit of like the, you might want to understand what it is that you're getting into because it might suck the fun out of it for you. Because there's a lot of people that have been yeah. doing this for years that love designing boards and open source everything they do because just the thought of like waking up in the morning to 25 emails from people that installed it wrong and having <laughs> to sit there and, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's something that you got to be willing to do. And since you already mm-hmm. do it for <laughs> everything that you have, it's, uh, it might be easier for everybody if they just uh, pass ask the small hobby projects along to people that are already experts in the sale retail side of things so yeah yeah i i love stuff like that you know i carry um like alex from bite boosters he made um for the apple 2 gs like a sound card uh these four meg and eight meg memory cards and i caught on atari age i just caught i i don't spend a lot of time on forums i pop into a couple every once in a while mm-hmm. And um, I think somebody might have actually emailed me about this. And so I went in there, and he, he was selling these things, and he's in Germany. And somebody was giving him grief about not getting these certifications that were going to cost money and and all this stuff. Oh, and I, yeah, I know who that is. And I said, I'll sell them. I'll sell them, at, you know, sell them to me, you know, I'll distribute it. Like, that That, that no, sucks. I know, I know who you you're know. talking about. There, there's one guy that... Uh, I, I talked about one of his things on my podcast, and then he immediately emailed me with, you know, like a paragraph of mean things, <laughs> an info on the thing that I was already talking about, and then, like, followed it up with, like, and you're a douche. Like, you know, not literally that, but something. And I was like, dude, like, how come every word out of your mouth is negative? Like, why why can't you just have a conversation? And I never heard from him again. But, yeah, that guy... Um, if anybody on Atari age, I think he might have even been banned or something, but he uh, 
there's one person that does put out very good stuff, but he just everything out of his mouth is a, something very mean towards other people. So yeah. I, I would just ignore it. And he keeps insisting upon uh, you'll go to jail if you sell a product with an HDMI output that's not HDMI certified, which is not true at all. That's not even it's a, a marketing licensing thing. So as long as you don't use the logo on the box, um, you know, there's it's way more into it. But it's the end. Yeah. The end result is not jail. It's not even a fine in right. most cases. Right. So, yeah. Right. I mean, it's you want to stay positive. There are people in that just seem really determined to be negative. Um, yeah, and you know the the loudest voice is never the majority, and I keep having to remind yeah. myself and my friends that are just getting into this because it is very easy to like put out a video or something where there's comments and you get three thousand views and thirty really mean comments, and it's like you have to remind yourself that your average person that enjoys something enjoys it and moves along; they don't stop to comment. So while you out of those three thousand views, two thousand could have been people that said, "Hey, that's really cool, good job," and mm-hmm. just never but didn't. So yeah, it's uh, it is frustrating sometimes, but you gotta have a thick sure. skin and you gotta know. Uh, I guess you just gotta <laughs> try to know who to listen to, and that for me was the hardest part starting out, is because they're you know like we're, we're tech nerds, right? Like I was always very open and honest about the the psychology behind that, and very often in my life I've been in a back room electronics room in a in an IT lab and talked to tech nerds that have zero people skills but are some of the smartest people I've ever met in my life that I genuinely like. So it's, you know, you've run into that a lot in tech circles. So it's, you have to understand who's just the grumpy IT guy or who's, you know, and who's not. Yeah. And that was always the hardest part for me on forums because if you're sitting in front of somebody, it's quite easy for me to, to within seconds to tell who's smart and who's just a dick, but uh, it's the, it's almost impossible without getting to know somebody on a forum. So, yeah. And that's part of the turnoff. I, I like forums, um, but they do tend to develop interesting cultures and not always positive, not always negative. Sometimes it's just hard to integrate or figure people out. You know, so, so much of communication just doesn't come across in that medium. So, and these days I'm just like busy nonstop. So I just, I don't know. When I sit down to try and um, decompress, like I have to get away from video games a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't let any of that stuff bother you because it's just, uh, you know, the, and also the busier you are and the more stuff, the more work you're doing, it's, uh, it's so, it's much easier to, to not pay attention to those people. It's yeah. like, yeah, 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 you don't like what I'm doing. The the 500 kits I just sold last week might, you know, that says differently. <laughs> like, I'll just concentrate on this rather than respond to your stupid post, so. Yeah. Now, at the same time, um, you do have to be willing to listen to people, even if they are challenged at communicating their complaints. Yeah, so, it uh, is. That's what I was talking about. When you're not in front of somebody, it's hard. It's so hard to figure out who is who is complaining and who's actually giving feedback. And I've gotten yeah. better at that because some of the greatest things that we've figured out in the retro gaming world have just been from people that are just like, you know, they they the metaphorically started out screaming at me, "You're doing it wrong." And then when yeah. I finally listened, they were 100 percent right, and right. their feedback made things way better. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have been I've been read the riot act over some very trivial things over the years, and you know, the challenge is to just figure out 
uh, why a person is respond you know is, is responding the way they are and say hey i i'm here to listen i'm on your side my whole you know tell you know just present your case for what's present the evidence i'm i'm big on the scientific process uh in my other life i work for a research journal from time to time um publishing and so i read a lot of research um and can tell a well-formed experiment from you know a single sample um anecdote kind of a thing um and so i'm always i'm always willing to to look at what people's findings are so it's frustrating when people are angry with nothing to back it up yeah um, are you allowed to talk about the field of the research that you're in or is it more of like uh you're not supposed to talk about it oh yeah yeah i work at um uh michigan state university that's my my insurance job and uh so I, I do a variety of programming and things like that, uh, web design, database, and then um, we do a, a quarterly research journal. So I, I prepare the PDFs, the documents, uh, get the images square, uh, redact things that should have been redacted along the way. You know that that like I shoot, I do video. So I, so I have a degree in broadcasting, but I, I rarely use it. But I I do once in a while get to uh get to shoot some video the, the last thing that i did was surgical dissection so wow. <laughs> it's it, it's a variety a variety of things uh that actually it keeps, sounds keeps it interesting, interesting. yeah see. it is you know <laughs> i can't i'm not gonna send you the links but it's interesting <laughs> yeah i always like stuff like that i like um i listen to the the joe rogan podcast now and then i like some of the people that do the scientific research that go on and it's always the same because it doesn't really matter if you're talking about, you know, muscle regeneration or the, the, the proper layout of a capacitor and a board. Like everybody mm -hmm. that seems to know what they're doing has a very solid <laughs> grasp on beginning, middle, and end. You know, concept, testing, and then final implementation. And that's, uh, you know, far, it's, it's, far fewer ethical concerns with electronics research but. yes yes absolutely yeah we had to i dipped my toe in that a little bit with the job that i had because we made medical grade computers okay so everything that we did had to go through a stringent testing where you also had to go on will it um will it affect any uh anything that's strapped to a person's body or any machine mm. that's reading it um and then there's the percentages and stuff you have to go through so i wouldn't call it ethics but i did at least have to go through some of the medical stuff with it but I, oh, yeah. I thought it was cool. I liked it. <laughs> at, the, at the very least, you don't want it to interfere with the telemetry, things like that. Right, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny arguing with people, though, because it's like, well, it's a one in a million chance of this happening. Yeah, but there's way more than a million people in the world, and there's yeah. probably more than a million people coming through this hospital in a five-year period. So doesn't that mean that if we do this wrong, we're going to kill one person? Like, that's... <laughs> I'm not all right with that. <laughs> Let's just use the higher quality components. <laughs> So, um, I did I miss anything? I mean, I uh, I'm a big fan of the website, but because uh, because I am, I feel like I already know it. So I, maybe I missed something that other people might be interested in, or something that you'd want to talk about. Um, you know, so uh, like I said, I I take requests. So right now, I'm I'm putting together a kit. Let's see what's going on this week. Putting on starting some kits for some of the early IBM. So mono CGA EGA monitors. So working on a kit for the 5151 right now. Um, some 
I had a customer who had a Neo Geo CD power supply that that um, went critical, and so I'll be carrying some. Uh, you know, get a Verister smoke out. So you know, just I'll be getting those in. So I'm probably going to integrate those in the power supply cap kits for those. Um, that's not the first time I've heard of one of those going up. Um, geez, what else? I don't know. Um, so and that's, that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of what goes on, you know, it's just request, request fulfillment. <laughs> well, I think, uh, for anybody that's looking for any, you know, any components, definitely check your store first. Um, for anybody that's made new boards, uh, you know, obviously I would recommend them letting, uh, letting your peers vet them out first, make a couple of them and test first, but to sell them through your store, just contact you right at the, the contact yeah. link on your store. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, just um, just let me know what you got. You know what you were thinking price wise. So I'm not going to lean on you to get you know to negotiate. I'm not going to negotiate hard. And so. it seems like you're open to to start at um, small quantities just to kind of see if anybody's interested, right? So yeah, yeah. Certainly small, not going to walk or in large. With like a, a retail mentality <laughs> of minimum minimum of a hundred or something like that. Or no, no, yeah. no. No, it, it's interesting dealing with so many. Um, sort of different, you know, people and places that things come from. It it does make it an interesting challenge to try and guess. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably sell out of this in a week, and they usually need about three weeks, and postage is sometimes two to five. So you know, okay. so I should order this, you know. So, um, uh, we can sell out of things way faster than we expected. Um. Generally, if something is available for back order, uh, I can have it in pretty short order. Cap kits, like I, I only like to show what I have ready to go in stock uh, mm-hmm. for anything real, you know, because I hate it when you buy something and then you learn, then you learn it's made to order. Like, oh, that's going to be three weeks. So I show, I show the actual physical stock, uh, except when there's a error once in a while, but most most of the time. Gotcha. Uh, so things like kits. Typically, there will be a zero-day wait to a five-day wait at the most. Um, some of these other things, you know, like if I run out of Game Gear, McWill, LCDs, I can, you know, a week or two, that sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, I ship every day a package, seven days a week. Um, try and get things out as soon as physically possible, you know, because <laughs> I hate waiting. And and, and modern... modern um, you know, internet sales have gotten us so used to that. Sure. Amazon Prime, two days, you know. Yeah. Or, you Actually, know. I live in the city now, so it's uh, same day for a lot of stuff, which is kind of mind-blowing to me. But <laughs> Nice. <laughs> that that would be very addictive. Like, yes. probably that two-day cool-off period, like, is <laughs> financially beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for taking the time to do this. I hope this is the first of many. I wanted to stick with more generalizations for this one just to kind of introduce you to people, but hopefully we could have you back again because uh, your reputation definitely is uh, is well known. I mean, when I have some of the, some of the smartest and pickiest guys that I know <laughs> uh, say, oh man, I got to do a recap. Let me just go order it from console five. Like these are guys that if there was a chance that they could get a better like make it better themselves, they would. So the fact that they just order it from you is a massive compliment to you and the work that you do. So that kind of speaks well, I, for itself. I appreciate that. Thank you very much for 
Thank you for your kind words. Uh, well, there, I wouldn't be nice if it wasn't true. So, <laughs> um, people could obviously find you at console5.com. Uh, mm-hmm. You're you're on Twitter, but not super active on it. Um, is there any? I, other I listen. I'm a, I lurk. You know, um, I take questions on Facebook. Um, email is usually the, you know, the best. E- either one of those is fine. But I do respond on Twitter. Okay. Well, I'll so. leave links to your accounts down below. Um, and Thanks. Hopefully we'll just do this again soon. (laughs) Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Nice talking to you.